Hang on. Move. Save changes. Bear with me just a minute, man. I actually already gone back in and scheduled it for the night, so let me see if it's going to give me a problem here now. Either way. Yeah. So we're good, man. All right. Welcome back to the Agent Revolution podcast presented by Mike Wall Live, the place where we deconstruct the biggest challenges facing today's real estate agents so that they can build a sustainable, profitable, and most of all, fulfilling real estate business. I'm really excited about today's guest. I'm joined by mega agent and cyberbacker CEO, Craig Goodliff. And we're going to show you how to hire a world-class team that can help you sell hundreds of homes annually. Don't forget to visit MikeWallLive.com for eight hours of free real estate training. Craig, are you ready to rock, man? Impromptu. I'm excited, Mike. Thanks for having me. Yeah, stoked, man. Um, I've actually been really looking forward to this one, um, so much so that I had to get you on a couple weeks early, right, without you knowing. Yeah, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. I got to tell you, just I'll come clean on this. I have a great admin team who manages my Facebook. And... Uh, they're great about responding to things. They'll take things I say. They update statuses. Uh, a wonderful group of people. Sometimes things don't quite make it from Facebook to the calendar, and sometimes they crisscross. And uh, you know what? It worked out. So we're That's doing good we're today. Doing, though, today, right? You got to be ready to go at a moment's notice, and certainly you and your team were. And you know that 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 actually will uh, segue really well into our discussion today about having a world class admin team that you know always has your back and and certainly they did today. So please, on my behalf, say thank you to them. Um, but before we get started, um, tell us tell us a little bit about about yourself, um, how you got into real estate, how long you've been doing it. So I've been here for eighteen years now. Um, I got in because, I don't know if you remember back in the 90s, they had this really cool late night infomercial that talked about you could buy real estate with no credit, no money down. I was really <laughs> excited because I had both those things. And uh, I was a punk kid in my early 20s and I studied this really, really exciting stuff that when I, I started calling real estate agents and telling them I have no money, I have no credit, and I would love to buy real estate. They kind of thought I was a little crazy. So I thought, well, these bozos haven't learned this uh, late night infomercials material. So I'll go get my real estate license uh, and started going through it. And I had one of my friends say, so you're getting a real estate license. Can you help me buy a home? And I went, I think I can do that. Let me find out. Yeah. Like I was that naive and a little bit embarrassed. I didn't know and got in. My first month had a couple sales and uh, I went, I like this a lot better than working retail. So uh, I did the smart thing and dropped out of college, uh, quit my full-time job to go pursue this, followed by six months of making no money. Yeah, <laughs> oh my gosh. Decision yeah. with no savings. And then scaled a nice business for yourself, right? And we can talk more about that. But just, isn't it interesting though? I mean, you know, our, our friends, they'll always support us, right? At least the good ones, man. And it's, it didn't matter whether you, or not you had, you know, 10 years of experience or 10 days experience. And, and uh, you know, he still wanted you to help him find a home. And certainly uh, that's the way it all starts. And, 
And, um, you know, so you, you, you've been doing it for, you know, quite some time now. You've got a lot of experience. You've built out a team. Um, how is your team currently structured? So we're kind of a, uh, I'd love to tell you, we buy a lot of leads and we do a kajillion deals a year. We're not. For a long time, we were very, very focused on building a really big team and doing a high number of units. Um, Real Trends has us in our area as number two in units, actually, which I saw that and I was a little surprised um, because we came down and we were up at 203 transactions, which is a cool number to be at and a 1.2 million GCI. We dropped down to 130 transactions a year later because we said, you know what, we like this thing called profit and we yeah. like more of it. Yeah. So we actually got out of business with a lot of team members and going from 1.2 million to 1.1 million, we didn't feel it. But what we did feel is we were working less and it felt like we were making the same money because we'd also cut our expenses. Yeah. So from 203 down to 130, having a better quality of life and we ended up having more take home pay. So. Um, that was it. We just started chasing a different metric. And yeah. so the metric we chase right now is profitability. Last year, our uh, big focus was on increasing our own real estate portfolio. Um, yeah. That's kind of where our head is right now. We're buying a lot. We are our own best customer because if you're in real estate and you're not buying your own product, well, you're kind of like a drug dealer. You're not, you know, just good drug dealers. They don't use their own product. Right. So uh, yeah. we kind of want to, be our own best customer. So that's what we're doing right now. So right yeah. now it's got a great listing agent and he's he'll beat me on an appraisal any day. So I haven't been on a listing appointment for years. Yeah. We've got a great buyer's agent, uh, wonderful, wonderful guy. He's just got a true servant's heart, excited to help people. Um, we've got a showing assistant who they just kind of go open the doors and unlock the houses. Yeah. And then we've got a 100% virtual admin team. We haven't had an in-office admin for over eight years now. Oh, again, I'm excited to talk more about Cyberbacker. I can't wait to hear that. Um, but before we do that, you know, I, I, I commend you um, in your um, efforts to focus on profit and not units because, you know, it's the conversation we never have, right? At the, at the award banquets, they never talk about profitability. It's always about units, right? It's always about dollar volume. Uh, but the profitability discussion really never comes up, but it, it is the most important discussion to have. And I've often wondered uh, in our industry, and I'll, I mean, quite candidly, I've known agents in some of the coaching circles I've been in that do over a thousand deals a year and aren't profitable. And I, I just can't imagine putting up with all of the stress and the drama that comes along with that, all the people that uh, are in your circle um and how much life energy that actually you know takes away from you and you've actually scaled to a point of your in your business where it feels it feels right right you're in alignment with what your true spirit uh our industry um is expecting and i think that you know there's nothing wrong with that by the way i, I think no. that that you you know you to be able to come out and say that is something special. And I think what you're you're going to start to hear is more and more people start to do that uh, because, I mean, it is a grind. I mean, to, to do a thousand transactions is something special, but to do it profitably is even more special, especially when you're in a marketplace with an average sale price of, you know, $150,000, um, and the amount of the amount of people and, and resources that it takes to do that. So awesome. I love, I love that, uh, that you're, you're, you know, you're, 
you're ready to tell all, so to speak. Uh, so you guys right now, you're probably, you're on track to do probably 130, maybe 150 transactions this year, it looks like, just based on the numbers you're putting up right now. Yeah, it's a happy accident. I mean, we went ahead. Well, I'd love to tell you that we went ahead and we did it. Um, we went ahead and started transitioning. I also just, I started building cyber background. That got a lot of my attention. Yeah. And uh, that's a whole other thing. We're trending that way right now, which we're very, very excited about it. We're grateful. We've got great past clients, great sphere of influence. We've got people who they know who we're at, we are, what we're about. And uh, we've got a lot of support from them, a lot of referrals. Um, and a lot of opportunities so we're, we're truly grateful i'd love to tell you what stuff that we're doing right now and we're doing everything right we're not because we're, we're humans and we learn mostly yeah. for our own mistakes yeah. so we're trending that way we're grateful um but covid gave us a gift and we've had some of our best months since it hit congratulations man that's great news and so you know the whole premise of cyberbacker and having an administrative team right is is scalability what what happens typically in our industry is you have the solopreneur, right? The, the rock star agent who um, who does really well, right? They start listing and selling a lot of property. And as a byproduct of that, they need admin support, right? Because what you want to do, what the goal is, is to really, um, is to really uh, delegate some of that non-dollar productive work out to an administrative group. And, and what I've always found, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, is that um, typically good admin are not good at sales and typically good salespeople are not good at admin work. And they, and, right. yeah. yeah, and we don't, neither one of them like doing it either, by the way, but it's so funny in our industry that as an, as a rock star agent, right, you're wearing every hat and you're doing everything. And, um, and then, you know, so one of the first things I did was I made a list of everything I hated doing, right? When I got up around that hundred transaction mark. I made a list of everything I hated doing, and then that was my first that was my first job description, right? I, that that was that was what I you know I hired. Yeah. And um, you get to a point, and and you know this, Craig, because you you've been in it long enough. You get to a point to where you are really as you're really only as strong as as the administrative support that you have, because if you've got great admin support, there is really there's no cap to how many transactions or how much volume you can do. Mm -hmm. I completely, I completely agree. And it's not just admin, but you went ahead and you said, you know, I'm going to write, here's the things that for me, it's here's what I'm not good at that I know has to happen. Yeah. Here's my attractions. Here's my hang up. Here's my friction points. And I mean, our whole cyber backer originally, we we're going to call it virtual babysitters. We didn't even intend to start a company. We just got, we fell into it. It's a long story. But for me personally, to be as efficient as I can be, um, I have to be as hands off, not touching a computer as I can be. Yeah. And we have like my, my setup right here. This is not a green screen. I mean, this is an actual 125 year old building I'm standing in, which is gorgeous. I love it here. But I've got another computer screen right there with my assistant, Jen, my cyber backer, who's in my office. But unlike regular assistants, I just push a button. I can turn her off. And uh, <laughs> we're having about one of those days. Click. You know, she's fantastic. She manages my world. So. I'll meet the people here, her and I are right here. And if I say, I need help with this, I need you to do this. Can you look for this email? Can you anything? She's right there and combined weakness. If I tell someone I'm going to do something, it gets done hundred percent. She's my promise keeper. I love it, man. So let me ask you so, this. Um, 
Were you guys, uh, did you start out this way with virtual support or did you start off with an actual team that was in your office? So we started, I started off and I joined someone else's team. Uh, I didn't have an assistant. They just kind of gave me leads and I thought that was cool. And then I pursued appraisals and decided I don't like that. I was an in-office assistant team leader where I was doing my recruiting appointments and stuff like that. Um, had a lot of admin. That was my first real glimpse of having an assistant when I was doing that. And I went, well, this kind of works. Joined another real estate team, had a great assistant, and it made all the difference. And so when I ventured out on my own, one of the first things I did was hire a great in-office assistant. Mm-hmm. And it was a, she was a mom. She wanted to work a city over. She's like, I want to spend more time with my kids. Can I work from home? Because I don't think I need to come in. And I went, well, yeah, we can see about that. And uh, we kind of figured it out. And I hadn't went ahead and even thought about, you know, hiring out of the Philippines. I didn't know what the Philippines was. Like yeah. I was great at math. I was horrible at geography. So yeah, started out with, you know, great in-office admin. Yeah. And so obviously, you know, the sales drove the admin, right? And you know, you knew you knew you needed at some point to leverage that workout so that you could continue to build and grow. Um, and, and so let me ask you this, because I know people watching this as they build a team, right? As they get ready to hire, at what point do you know somebody needs to hire somebody or or what could you tell somebody that maybe is considering their first hire, um, that it's time to do that? When you're, for me, it was the moment that I was doing everything I possibly could and everything wasn't getting done. And when you're doing your best and it's simply not good enough, you still have more on your to-do list. There's more on your checklist. You're working later, you're working weekends. Um, you got a problem and leveraging is the only way. I mean, if you're someone who can work a you know, normal 12 hour day, <laughs> and five days a week, only five days, only yeah, six days, right. if you do that, that's great. We all have different points. Um, first thing is, does your budget support it? Because mm-hmm. if you, if you hire wrong and you hire outside of your budget, you can't sustain that loss easily. Yeah. If you've got pretty good savings and your budget supports it and you're pulling the hours, well then you're probably gonna be okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know what's interesting, man, is I can remember being terrified with my first hire, right? I was like, man, I'm, I just, I, I know I can support myself, but can I actually support another person? And I was, I was just mortified at the idea, right? And, and you know, then I, you know, I finally overcame it or I was, you know, essentially pushed to do it because like you said, it just everything wasn't getting done and my business was suffering. Um, and I just remember bringing her on and just being like, this, I just, there was just such this air of relief, man. It was like, my gosh, this is fantastic. Why didn't I do this like six months ago? You know what I mean? Is is that what you find, you know, when you when you guys, it, well, well, I mean, for instance, for you guys in your business, is, is was it kind of the same thing for you? Yeah, yeah, it, it was with having a regular and office assistant. And then it was the opposite when, and I'm sure we've all done this, you hire the wrong person and they can't come into work because I'd love to tell you that every hire we've made is great. We've probably made in the beginning more bad hires than right hires. Yeah. And I mean, we got lucky on one of our first hires. I mean, she was great. And then I went ahead and had a string of really bad ones and I was working more and kids were sick and things I didn't even imagine. And I went, this is more work than it's worth. And You start to, I I see people go through this all the time where they're like, well, I've tried that. I've hired someone that doesn't work and they don't understand people are different and you probably hired the wrong person. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I love it because most most conversations I have with agents, it's like, well, and what they don't realize, their their train of thought is, is, well, you know, no one's going to do it as good as I can. And the reality yeah. of it is, in in some aspects they're right, in some aspects they're wrong. Um, because on the admin side, it's like, if it, if you're a good salesperson, you're probably wrong because they probably, if you hire a good admin, they definitely can do it better than you. Uh, but your ego sometimes gets in the way in that, you know, I, I've built up this business where I'm doing 100 transactions or hopefully not 100 transactions on your own. But, you know, maybe you're doing, you know, 50 or 60 transactions on your own. And, you know, you felt like, well, you did all that yourself. And when, when, when it becomes, you know, the rock in your shoe or your reality is that you can't grow because you've scaled to a point where, you know, at 50 or 60 deals, the time invested doesn't allow you then to work on the business to help it grow. You're just essentially working in the business all the time. And that, that to me was kind of like the aha when, when I hired that individual to come into the business and work in the business exclusively in that admin role. Uh, and then what I, what it allowed me to do was it gave me more time then to work on the growth of the business. And that's really when I saw the trajectory of my business go through the roof. Like we literally from one year, we went to 180, 187 transactions. And the next year we did 309 transactions when we brought on that administrative, good administrative support team. And then, and then sprinkled in some, you know, some buyer specialists and stuff like that. But, you know, I don't want to, I definitely don't want to minimize the, the fear that, you know, some people would have when they're making a hire. And, and, and certainly that is, I think, just part of the evolutionary part of our business. Um, but, it, it, and I know you'll back me up on this, it is, to me, it is probably the most important thing you'll do is not only your first hire, but your second and your third, um, or your, you know, whoever you're having support you. Uh, because that will determine, you know, your trajectory in this business. So talk to me a little bit about like, um, talk to me more specifically about Cyberbacker. Backer. What, is, what it is exactly you guys do? Lost a bet. Now I got a company. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I was talking to someone because we were doing uh, scripts and role plays several years ago. And a uh, business coach like me, and she went ahead and she says, I got to ask you something. I said, okay, what's that? She says, what are you doing that I'm not? said, what do you mean? And she said, here's everything I'm doing. And I know you're doing this too. Plus you're doing this, this, and this. I'm working seven days a week from when I wake up to when I go to bed. And I went ahead and said, oh, well, I got a great assistant. And she said, what is that? What do you mean you got a great assistant? What does that look like? And I said, you know, I'll, I'll, let me just hire you someone. Let's just try this. This is a great friend. I mean, she's a great friend. And uh, I hired someone. It worked and she referred me someone. I'm like, okay, no, I, I hired you someone virtually. I, I don't plan on doing this. This is just another friend. And well, nice guy, uh, is very, you know, empathetic to what he needs. And he's just a coach, that's all he's doing. Yeah. And so I said, okay, I'll hire him something. Well, word got out there that I'd done this for a few people. And I got approached saying, you know, would you do this for coaches? And I went ahead and said, you know what? I've had some pretty tough days because in coaching, at one point I had 67 coaching clients. 30 minute calls uh, every week. And I went, okay, uh, the admin side of that alone, when you're doing it at that level, that's one other person's full-time job when you're collecting profit and losses, you know, everything that you're gonna, it's just that right there, tracking numbers, following up on homework, stuff like that, and helping seven people run their business is crazy. Brutal. So I went ahead and said, okay, we'll start this. I'll help out a few people. And uh, next thing I know, we had hired 30 people in about the first three months. Wow. 
this is happening a little quicker than I thought it would. And uh, then we started having them just do all sorts of jobs they could dream up. And uh, that was 2018. We ended the year with 90, let's see, we're 92 people signed up um, for us to help them find a cyber background. I went, well, this kind of looks like a company. So let's push it. So 2019, we went ahead and uh, built out a few incentive programs, stuff like that. And by the time we got to 2020, I'd had a few realizations because I go to the Philippines most months, um, just going looking for talent. My best talent I find by standing outside of call centers, mm -hmm. talking to people going in, and I'll just say, let me ask you a couple questions. And it's, you know, how long have you worked here? What's call center like? How far away do you live? And I get to know them because some people like, they don't know there's anything else. And if you yeah. can go actually have a conversation with them there in the Philippines in these call centers, you can find great people. Yeah. And start doing that and I started paying attention to street children. And what that is, is that's basically a kid who's homeless and kind of taking care of themselves. And that, I, I've, I've had some bad days. I've never had a bad day like that. Yeah. And I just wanted to do something about it. So we went ahead and came out with a profit share type program for Cyberbacker. And uh, the goal is 15,000 cyber backers by December 31st, 2025. Um, just last month, we had 130 sign up. So we just last month crushed our first year. Um, we're well over 1,000 right now. We've got to hire about 7.6 per day. Within that five years, our profit share plan will play out about 5 million US, which will be able to provide um, retirement in the Philippines. Yeah. And I'm they have the money they'll solve the problem with street children but their retirement plan right now is called have kids and hope your kids get great jobs and take care of you yeah. and even though we hire out of kenya we hire out of bangladesh we're, we hire just out of more than just the philippines that's kind of where we went and yes we are a, we hire out of the philippines company and we, we have an entity over there so we're doing it you know legally and safe but the other part about it is uh we're a hiring company who just simply has models for finding and identifying talent. Yeah. We just happen to focus on that, but it's still a, it's still a hiring company. That's, that's it. We've got a great database of people. We grow every day. Yeah. So, so talk about, there's a lot to unpack there, by the way. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah. That, that's an amazing story. I, I didn't even know at this point you were going over there so much and, and, and doing all that. And, and um, certainly there's a lot to dig into there. Tell me this, man, tell me, you know, for, for for how much you've learned, I, I can imagine is just is, is is immense, right? Because you you've done all this now. You know, you had a company. It was kind of right in front of you there for a little while, and and then you were like, you know, I think this makes a lot of sense, and this could potentially right take over your real estate business one day because it, it could be that huge. Not that you would let your real estate business go, but you've got you've got a hold of something here because we know how um, we know the important importance of good admin structure, right? So for you right now, you talked about finding talent in the Philippines um, and being in front of these call centers, but how do you, like, what are you, what are some of the things you look for when you're looking for somebody that's talented and, and how do you attract those people into your world? So regardless, there's a few different things that you look at. You've got to look at what truly motivates them. You have some people that if, if I've got a, another entrepreneur here upstairs in our building, right over that door and he's a wonderful, wonderful guy. And if you, tell him and if he knows he hits his his goals he's going to go ahead and get a week off he is yeah. motivated he's on fire he is ready to go if you tell me that i'm going to get a week off that feels like a punishment <laughs> and no one's right or wrong here right but first thing you have to do is know yourself well enough to know what motivates you 
so you know you're hiring the right people because if not and it's different um, you're going to talk about hey do a great job you get a week off and they're going i don't want a week off i'm not motivated by that i'm motivated by structure i'm motivated by money i'm motivated by helping others i'm motivated by learning and so you start to identify the first thing you look at is internal with what motivates you mm -hmm. and does that motivate them? I mean, my, my wonderful cyberbacker, my assistant, the person with me day in, day out, Jen, right over here on this computer, she's also not motivated by days off. If I tell her a week off, she's like, what are we gonna do then? Yeah. I mean, I, I tell her, I'm gonna be away. And she's like, oh, that sucks. But if I say, you know what, we're gonna go ahead and build a structure because we're both motivated by that, building recipes, which are, you know, models and systems. Yeah. She's just as fired up as I am. So we're speaking the same language. And that's what most people miss when they're hiring talent because yeah, someone might be good. I can say this other entrepreneur over here, he's an amazing man. I got a lot of respect for him. But you put us in the same room, we are not talent together. Right. Well, so, that's a great, that's, that is a great nugget there because you know, and, and some people don't realize this until later later on, especially as a business owner, but you you often you often think that people look through the same lens as you, right? Or people yeah. or people should have the same motivations as you. And what you don't realize is everybody's different, right? And so it's interesting that you say, really, you know, if you get to know somebody, understand what motivates them, and then you can provide that for them. Not only are you, you know, not only, especially if you're you're finding that that's somebody you want in your world. You know that can help you go to where you want to go and, and then by doing that you can help them go where, where they want to go but mm -hmm. it's 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 being able to put make a repetitive process a duplicatable process and doing that over and over and over again so do you guys are are you like are you are you vetting talent by yourself or do you have people that are helping you vet talent i'm sure at the level you're at now with you know there's thousands yeah there's no possible way i could we get close to 150 applicants per day Right. We hire less than 1% and we'll do about 60 interviews a day. We run Cyberback runs 24 seven interviews. Okay. So I would love to say that I, I had the scale for it. Yeah. I'm not that good, man. I'm not that good. We yeah. do have a few different things that we go for. We, we had Burke, um, who they, they helped us write the Cyberbacker personality assessment. So yeah. we kind of know what some of their motivators are. And uh, Burke did a great job helping us with that. And uh, we've got that tool that's been a fantastic tool. We've yeah. got a couple others. I know a lot of people use DISC and where it's great. If you're familiar with what the job is, that's a pretty easy one to swing. So, you know, oh, I'm a high C type. You're not, you should not take yeah. a step. So some of those more in-depth ones are gonna be a little bit better. Yeah. And so when we're screening and we're, we're looking for talent, um, first thing is we're making sure that the assessment lines up. And then the second is we're going ahead and we're, we're just making sure that they can have a conversation like you and I can, because sometimes they can't, or their only piece of tech is a phone or their internet connection. They have one connection and it's not good. Right. And then we're looking at the areas where they live is there frequently brownouts. They lose power a lot. And you're screening all that, and then you're also doing online background checks because you will find some really scary stuff about people when you Google them in all countries. Yeah. yeah. And then we have where we go in the Philippines, um, they have uh, NBI, National Bureau of Investigation, where if you've ever been in trouble, if you have any pending court things going on, which you really got to watch out for that because you could hire someone that's like a felon and you don't even know. Yeah. And I've made that mistake and we learned. Yep. So. But yeah, it's good. So, 
I love the idea of using the assessment, right? Because again, if you're creating a duplicatable process that you want to, you know, that works again and again, it's best that it, that you have kind of a baseline, right? And, it, and is that what you start with? Is that the first thing that everybody does is the assessment? More or less. So the first thing is we'll go ahead and just have them uh, go to a website, fill out uh, just some generic information. Yeah. Just so we have, have their data. We're building our database. Yeah. And uh, then they go right into a Zoom interview. And we're looking at how prepared are they. Sometimes they show up, they didn't know it was live. You know, they're uh, not quite Donald ducking it. They're just, yeah. uh, you know, even less than that. Uh, so we have some interesting interviews, to yeah. say the least. But we look at, are they ready for the interview? And then we're looking for the language they choose to use. We're looking for, they might have great English because in the Philippines, they start learning English in kindergarten. Plus, the Philippines is part of the US until 1952. Yeah. So English is a common thing, yet the accents there sometimes are so thick. Their English is great, but their accent is right. doesn't work. So. Yeah. We start looking at those different things, and then we determine, did they meet the baseline to take the assessment? After they've done that, then we go validate the assessment. Got it. And how many, how many candidates would you say you have to go through to get to, to a good hire? 150 to get to about one. Interesting. And it's probably that way in the United States as well. Somewhere right. close to that. I, I shouldn't say that, but I mean, it's, it is definitely hard to find talent. Um, um, Maybe talent is the wrong word because there's talented people everywhere. There's, it's just, it, it really, it is. If they're talented and committed, you know, that's 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 really the difference. Um, yeah. You know, you can find talented people who just don't aren't committed or aren't in alignment with your vision, and, and it's probably not going to work, unfortunately. But you know, it's so cool to hear this because we've used um, we've used a company called Thousand Calls a Day. Uh, which is a company you probably heard of. We still use them today in the investment side of our business. Um, and really what we're using them for um, is that they, they're identifying opportunities, right? It's essentially what they're doing. They're providing a better call list for um, the people who make the calls here locally for us. And essentially what they're looking for are just hand raisers, right? It's, hey, it's the, we, you give them a script, they call. And they're looking for, you know, they're looking for a yes. Are you interested in selling your property potentially if we have a cash offer? And the people that say yes, we know to call those people. So we might give them a list of 10,000 people and they narrow it down to 100, right? And we know each one of those people have raised their hand to say, yes, we're interested in selling our home. And it can make, it essentially optimizes our list and makes us a lot more, um, a lot more efficient and, you know, productive with our time. But, you know, when you're talking about an administrative staff, it's totally different. What kind of positions are you guys filling uh, at Cyberbacker as it relates specifically to a real estate team? Well, so the big one that a lot of people have is their first hire, yeah. which in my opinion, just me, it is your Cyberbacker. If it's just you, you need the person who's going to prepare your call list, probably listen in and dial the number for you because you're doing either you're doing lead gen, you're doing lead follow up. And then if they set an appointment, they're putting it in your calendar, filling out your paperwork. Yes. And in some situations, emailing it over. So when you do your Zoom presentation, you go over, paperwork's there and done. And they're just basically running defense in your morning. So you can do your lead gen lead follow up. Right. So you're on offense, they're on defense. The second half of the day, they're taking care of your regular administrative work while you're out there meeting clients. That's yeah. typically the first hire. Um, have we we have a couple other you know white label brands right now we're in the process of franchising so we're uh, Cyberbacker is the first official franchise will be in international shipping 
yeah. uh, which is a fun process if you've ever built a franchise. It's a lot of meeting with franchise attorneys, but uh, yeah. Anyway, so uh, um, we have Cyber Recruiter, which is calling and doing recruiting appointments, setting those up. We have virtual backer, which is for the people like me who said, hey, you know what? That's great. I'm glad you do career visioning, but I want to do my own and I'll determine my pay rate. Thanks. And so we set that up because, you know, the 149 who don't make it, um, they still want a job and they might be really good still. They're just yeah. not a perfect fit. Like we haven't identified there's we have enough information to bet on them or put yeah. them with the client. Right. So. so you guys, so you're definitely, are you guys doing like transaction management and stuff like that? Are you? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, and do you like, are you specifically, are they trained on like multiple uh, platforms? Like for, you know, like top producer or whatever, Lion Desk, you know, there's some of the different ones that are people are using. Yeah. Well, so what we've done is we've compiled kind of who's using what CRMs and kind of who's the master of it. We've built yeah. out different calibrations for it. So we know here are the core competencies for different CRMs. So mm -hmm. if someone comes to us and they're like, do you support Lion Desk or, you know, do you support Top Producer or, you know, you're familiar with Boomtown or Sync? Um, right. Different people who are, they will go ahead and train on those modules, hold them accountable to those core competencies. Plus we have constant ongoing training in case yeah. there's who says that they're going to change out their CRM. I mean, our team went ahead and we changed out our CRM because we had someone else who said, Hey, lower cost and it's got some better search functions your clients might like. And we just heard it's half the cost of our existing CRM, but our uh, person who runs our real estate team, she made that call. And I mean, half the price on a CRM, if you're not buying leads, it was a great way to go for us. Yeah. So. And then some of the other cool stuff, because when you're hiring um, hiring globally, there's people who are a lot smarter. We're hiring app developers, we're hiring augmented reality. Like one of the things we're playing with is, I think kind of your, your home shopping, people are gonna take their phone and they're gonna scan in like their couch and here's your table. And then they're gonna go into their new home and they're gonna say, oh, okay, so I'm gonna hold my phone up. Let's see what my you know table would look like there. And let's see what my, uh, yeah. You know, right there and they'll hit save and they'll hit move but until you have the augmented reality built out like apps don't even do that yet so we're kind of working on creating cool stuff like that because i would want that like i would buy more houses more often if i didn't have to move if i could just say here's my stuff loaded into my phone you know save move done <laughs> happy yeah. so yeah, that'd be awesome man. So, the, so these people, you're vetting them, you're bringing them in. Um, you're, you're, you know, you're obviously you're, you're, you're getting it down to a science. Uh, and I know we still we're gonna we're gonna whiff on some people, right? And that's just that that is that is the reality of our business. When you're hiring, you can't. It's not. It's never 100. percent And and so you're, you're you're bringing them in, right? And then what are you doing, Craig, to get them to stay? And I know you said profit share was one of them. And by the way, that that is. You know, that, again, you know, Keller Williams, EXP, some of the other companies that are doing that, it's, 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 it's extremely smart because it's really, an, it's another, it's another wealth channel, right? And, and these people in the Philippines, they don't have access to anything like that and probably haven't before. So in addition to, you know, the profit share being the obvious one, what are some of the other things you're doing to get them to, to, to stay put? Well, not just stay put, like, I don't want to say this, but I am going to. We're, we're stealing from a lot of other companies. That's how we're learning so fast. Yeah. We'll go over there and meet them. Yeah. And so, like, um, we went ahead and we went to all the different regions around Christmas time. 
we went ahead and we did a not we did a reach out where we went to you know an orphanage at one we went to a home for abandoned babies another time um, we go different places and we have different philanthropic arms so they get a chance to give back and then we go ahead and we threw like some really cool Christmas parties. We invited everyone to come and bring their families and constantly being over there and just being a friend. Yeah. Like that makes a big difference. When I look at why we've, man we've managed to get some of the people we got and I'll ask them, why'd you leave that company? And it's, they said, you know what? The owner's never even been to the Philippines and I don't even feel like they care about me. And if I left, I don't think they'd miss me. Right. So when we heard that, um, that was a big thing. And then also, we bring a lot of our team members here. Like you see some cool pictures of, you know, me and a bunch of uh, people from the Philippines hanging out in the snow. A lot of them haven't seen snow. Never, so, right? Yeah, so we'll bring them here, we'll have fun. And for me, it's like, I get a, I get to view the city I live in, the city I love with a new set of eyes. Because yeah. to me, it's, oh, snow, I gotta drive in this crap again, really? Versus them, they're like, this is so exciting. Yeah. It is. So yeah. here's what I want people to take from what you just said, though, okay? Because th this is the underlying message. This is what you said without saying it, is that you're making a connection with people. You're meeting them where they're at, right? And shame, you're not really stealing from other businesses. You're just providing a better opportunity. The, all these places that you're quote unquote stealing from, those business owners have the same opportunity you do, right? They could go meet them where they're at and they just choose not to do that. Yep. And so like you're just providing a better way. And in and, and, and those of you who are listening and, and, and watching, think about it this way. Right. It, it, so if you're not bringing in a talent from uh, uh, from, you know, from the Philippines or, or Bangladesh or or it's just local talent. Right. Meet them where they're at. Right. Find out what they're what they're motivated by is what Craig is saying. Meet them where they're at and, and connect with them, like make a true human connection. And then you'll, you know, what you're doing essentially is building allies. And that's really what you want is you want to build partnerships or, uh, or, or allies. You don't want to, you don't want to be as seen as, you know, some sort of a, um, you know, a tyrant or a fearful leader. You're building partnerships and you're truly caring about these people. And that's what I love about what you're doing, man. Yeah. Well, I'm no better than anyone else to warn somewhere else. And some people, it's the only difference we've got, you know, yeah. and they'll get up and they'll work just as hard. But it's absolutely right. They all had the same opportunities. And I didn't go after other people's people. They reached out to me and just said, I've never even met my boss and I have people that have worked, they've worked for you for a month and they got to meet you. So, yeah, that's awesome, man. And, and, and you know, the reality of it is that that holds true for for any hire, by the way. It doesn't matter if, you, if you're dealing with people in the Philippines or or people in the United States. It's truly making a connection with people that counts because the reality of it is, is if, if you're if you're not doing that, then you are as at risk as those companies that Craig is poaching from, right? And so and, and you find some real talented people doing that, and I commend you for that. So for you, man, I, I'm just curious, like what's the biggest challenge in this whole thing for you? What's the what's the biggest challenge in 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 the whole you know, uh, building an administrative company. So the biggest challenge we had was like the first one is um, back in October, we had PayPal send us a message because that's where it was doing all of our billing saying we're choosing not to do business with you and keeping your money for 180 days. And we'd collected from most of our clients. So we had $136,000 to do payroll 
and PayPal decided they wanted to keep that money. So I had to bet everything I had access to to be able to do payroll on time and we did it. And then we went ahead, we found another source and they got shut down from uh, allegedly being accused of money laundering. And anytime you have scale like that and you're hiring outside of the US, your number one problem is money. If you cannot move your money or you're getting killed on your transfer fees, that's a big one. The second one is, like originally when I was hiring out of the Philippines, I never set up an entity. In other words, if uh, someone stole or someone went ahead and did something, I had no legal recourse whatsoever. Yeah. And so we built Cyberback or doing it the right way. Like we went over there and set up an actual entity to where we were an actual company, because if not, you can hire someone, but they can't come after you. You can't come after them. And so those were a couple of the big challenges we've got. We've made it through the, the pay challenges. We've made it through the legal issues, but those are the first two big ones that if you don't have those nailed down, simple little minuscule problems will take you out. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm curious, what are some of the myths? What are some of the things that people believe that's 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 not true about hiring virtual admin support? Well, one of them that we see a lot is people will say, well, I just, I'm looking for someone who's, you know, a little bit more intelligent. Like I heard that once and I went, oh, if you met some of my people, like, are you kidding me? Like, just because, you know, they're a little more educated over there. Like they have more, they're putting out more college students. So, um, but that was one thing, or it can't be done as well by someone in the Philippines. I'm gonna say what? Talent's talent, I don't care where they're from. Right, those are a couple of the myths. We had, I'm gonna, I'm not even gonna say the name because it's one of the higher ups whose may or, name may or may not be on a book. But I told me, yeah, you can't do an entire real estate team virtually. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, I've been doing it. I'm gonna keep them. He says, yeah, you can't do that. And it's kind of funny because after COVID, I got a message that says, I guess everyone's doing it that way now, huh? And I went, there you go. So, but yeah, we just learned how uh, virtual people could be. Oh yeah. And I think we'll continue to learn that. So what are the, you know, aside from the obvious, what are the what are the advantages to going virtual, man? Um, I like being able to just click my assistant off with a button. That's my, like one of my biggest favorites. But then the other is I'm not, I'm not uh, limited by borders to where I find talent. Yeah. And I mean, yes, you can hire the Philippines for, you know, about half the cost if you can out of the US. Um, The average person there, if you look at the gross national income per capita, the average person makes about 3,800 per year. You got to remember that counts a lot of farmers who are just, you know, they're making about a dollar a day doing rice and stuff like that. But talent, they want to be paid at a high level and you can pay a really high level and you can pay a great wage, which is like, you know, pretty awesome money over there. And it's, it's a fraction of the cost. So I can hire a better quality person at a lower price overall. Yeah. So, So, and like, so for you, it's, it's, it's more about, um, it's more about like for you and now it's just become about like seeking talent, right? It's becoming about you're finding you're not just limited to what we have here available or what you have available there in Utah in your city, right? Or what you have available here to you in the United States. Now it's like I can pick talent from anywhere. And what's happened is with the Internet, um, it's being it's being able to connect us. It's being able to essentially shrink the world that we as we know it and bring us all closer together. And now you're finding these people who, you know, and, and, and you know, they they need income, right? And they're willing to work really hard for it while 
you know, I don't want to say some people in the in the United States have gotten fat and happy, but some people, you know, have gotten fat and happy, right? And it's it really talented people in the United States can be extremely expensive, and not that they're not worth it by any stretch of the imagination. No. Working with a team, you know, that has a real estate team, a small business, right? That maybe has an average sale price of a you know one hundred and seventy four thousand uh, dollars. It can be hard to to maintain a profit when you're bringing on a really talented admin staff, and so not only are you in, in in doing this you are able to find talent at a very affordable price but you're also providing that individual an opportunity that they might not have otherwise had correct that's absolutely right and plus also you've got to remember 47 percent of the global population isn't online yet and when they do and they will the world's going to change a little bit more plus the average person globally makes twelve thousand ninety six us dollars per year for us in the U.S., that's a little scary. Yeah. What that means is we make more than the average person, and when they come online, plus we've got the whole AI thing, it's going to be a little bit of a even more interesting time ahead. Oh so, yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, it's kind of anymore. It's it's fun, and it's like investing because you're investing in people, and like investing in real estate is can you you see a property and can you turn it into an opportunity? Yeah. And talent's the same way. Can I see a person and turn that into an opportunity that's win-win for me and for them? Yeah, love it, love it, love it, man. What's your favorite piece of technology right now, Craig? I got a lot of tech here. And like, I, I really like, this is embarrassing. I've got four phone, three phones right here, and another <laughs> one over there. And they all have a different function. Like this week, I'm playing with the Galaxy Fold. Have you seen this at like, you know, that's, Folds in half. Oh, that's cool, man. I've not and seen. And I've got a pair of music smart glasses over there that I kind of have a dev pair that I'm playing with. But I went ahead and I uh, I took my admin team for a ride, and it's got a heads up lens right here or a uh, screen, yeah. so I can see them, and then it's got a camera so they can see. And virtually went for a drive on Zoom. Very cool, man. So Very that's, cool. That's like some fun tech. And then a smart ring that tracks all your steps and uh, everything your Fitbit does, does plus the biometric key. So it's what logs me into my computer and all that cool stuff. Where did you get that at? Um, I don't remember the name. Uh, I have to find it. So it's a motive. Motive. M O T I V. M O T I V. I'm gonna check that out, man. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a. Uh, a it's a wedding ring. Or yeah. Just yeah, that's freaking awesome, man. I'm going to check that out for sure. Let me ask you this. What's your favorite business related book? Uh, I'm usually going to say it's whatever book I'm studying at that moment. Yeah, because I'm just really impressionable. So like right now I'm reading uh, Little Black Stretchy Pants by Chip Wilson. Okay. I created Lululemon. Yep. And I think Chip's brilliant. Um, plus, I just I mean, to look, look at their company and their growth and how you get someone to pay four times the price for a pair of workout pants. Yeah. Like that blows me away. So that's a favorite business book of all times right there. Got it. Uh, there's the other good ones that people say and stuff like that. And I'll always go back. Oh yeah, I really love that book. Yeah. Um, another one I went back to right now because I just, it's kind of sign of the times that was shrugged. Nice. So yeah. Yeah. Well, we're up against the clock here, and I know you got a busy day, man. Before I let you go, though, what drives you? Anymore, I'm just having fun. I mean, because if you look at, like, what do I need to live? I have next to nothing.
something for living costs. It, my, my survival is 60,000 and I don't even spend over a hundred yeah. and we'll make more than that consistently every year. And so like right now, what's waking me up because I kind of had this place where I've been like, well, we make a lot of money. What do you do with it? Uh, my next piece is franchising Cyberbacker and doing mortgages for some of my people in the Philippines. Yeah. Because over there, you work at home, um, it's a little bit interesting to be able to get a mortgage. And yeah. so good financially responsible people want to be able to do that. And so that gets me up because that's making a difference. And uh, it's kind of what I want to do here. That's a great segue um, into, you know, to the last question. So, you know, you want to take, you want to take Cyberbacker and start franchising it. The, the whole, like, obviously you're doing stuff outside of real estate now. What would be the final destination for you if there is one for all this? For me, it's, I'm having fun. I didn't know anything about franchising here a year ago. And when COVID hit, I was able to call a franchise attorney, great guy, and talk to him for an hour. Yeah. And uh, I knew nothing about it, but I looked at purchasing franchises way back when, and he kind of walked me through it. And I went, so if I went ahead and turned Cyberbacker into a franchise, I could go into other industries outside of real estate, create great jobs for great people, because why wouldn't I do that and create great relationships with other entrepreneurs in the process? So that was it. As far as the final destination, um, you know, create retirement over in the Philippines because at some point, you know, you're, you're going to be done on this earth. And I think we all just want the same thing. We want to know that our time here mattered. Yep. What a great, what a great interview, man. Um, and I appreciate you coming on impromptu. Um, you uh, definitely delivered some value. You are delivering value on a large scale with what you're doing with Cyberbacker. And, and uh, what's really cool is that, you know, this, this is not the reason you got into real estate, but it, it is it is the reason now that, you know, you get up and, and you do what you do every day and you're having fun doing it. And that's just, that's a really neat story, man. So I'm glad you were able to come on and share that. Let me ask you this before I let you go, though. How can people reach out to you, connect with you, maybe to learn more about, you know, you and your real estate career or learn more about Cyberbacker? So uh, Facebook, someone will always respond and a good healthy percentage of the time it is me, but just give me a call. Like seriously, 801-686-8043. Someone will answer 24-7. Yeah. Probably won't be me. <laughs> like seriously, I tell people call me and I put my phone number out there. And uh, one of the phones has is always working. <laughs> one of them's in dev mode and probably not working, but uh, phone is always working. Love it, love it, love it, man. As usual, I love sharing these stories week after week because I know this show is literally changing agents' financial lives, my own included. Do me a big favor. If you know someone that might enjoy the podcast, please share it with them. And if you like the podcast, please go to wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe. If you want to jump on a free 30-minute business strategy session call with me, you can always go over to meetmikewall.com. And last but not least, we've got 